Welcome, Under the Husk. A few things before we get started with today's special episode. Uh, first and foremost, one of our own tied the knot in Italy this past week. want to say congratulations to the boats, Willie Sanchez, a now married man. Second, before we get started, I want to give you guys a little riddle. Pin me as, pin me as. In a dish, how many pinmiuses do you wish? Oh, man. Yeah, congrats, Sanchez. That, that riddle's still uh, still bugging me, but I think we have two owners over there, uh, boats and half of the motley. So, uh, yeah, celebrate in Italy, in the, in the motherland. So enjoy. We got another uh, owner on the other side of the country. We talked about that uh, last episode, Manifest Destiny, with... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mr. Snake Eyes. So, the uh, the owners are traveling in July and uh, right in time for the vet draft. So, be pretty interesting uh, if they have the Wi-Fi in uh, different parts of the country or different parts of the world. I, I think uh, it's everywhere. Um, <laughs> one last note: uh, there was a poll that went out when it ended. For some reason, all of the votes disappeared. Uh, but I believe most of you we're able to do next Thursday, July 20th. Sanchez, I don't know if he's going to be back or not. Uh, and I believe Roop of JOS was claiming that he could not make it as well. So if you listen to this episode and you want to propose a new date, I think the other proposed date would have been Wednesday or the following Thursday. I don't know what that would have been, the 27th, I guess. Yeah, we're not doing uh, that. Gino says no. But Right in the group. Let's get a conversation going. I think the default right now would be next Thursday, so uh, we're getting close. But Oh, I'm Roop. I can't make the 20th. Uh, I knew Gino hates the, the JOS boys. Um, I, don't, I don't hate anyone. I'm just... Well, what is it? You? It's an Airmont thing or something? It's not an Airmont thing. Well, you're a Montebello guy. I get hated on, so I, I return the favor with, look, that's why you have a co-owner. There was nothing malicious about that statement. There was no animosity, but... If Airmont wants to attack HHC for just being HHC, then sure. You know, game on. Let's roll up the sleeves. When's the last time you guys made the playoffs? None? Awesome. I heard from their side, at least, it's it's because you were an altar boy. Mm, that could be it. Could be it. But I also hate the church, so I think we're aligned there. I know, but you you can't take back what's already been done. Yeah, True. All those, all that altering that yeah, you did. A lot, lot of altering. <laughs> a lot of altering. Seven years of altering. Uh, it's fine. If you liked it, it was fine. Um, well, today we are going to do a vet draft prediction show. Uh, there are, I want to say, like twenty guys on this list that we're going to highlight. So it might be a long one. Good for your Friday. Well, no, it's Friday today. Maybe good for your Sunday coffee walk, or maybe you save it for your Monday commute. Save it for Monday. Save it for Monday. Uh, but we're going to talk through the salary that they had last year, what we believe they're going to go for in this year's draft, and who they're going to go to. Gina, why don't, before we get into the players, why don't you give us a little rundown of what everyone has to spend going into this draft? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think we touched on it a little bit uh, last episode, just when all the final cuts were made. But starting with the top dogs, Evil Stevie, $205 in cap space. That's a big stack, right? Yeah, the only person in the 200s, and he has six available roster spots because his roster size currently is 19. The other big dog, Shrimp, 17 people on his roster. Could add eight. He has 159 to spend. Also, uh, can obviously make a big splash. And the last guy who I think in this top tier, uh, in terms of how much they could spend, is Motley with 107. But keep in mind, he only has two total roster spots to fill. So he can make a big splash on two guys with $107. Uh, Then kind of going down, there's another tier of people uh, who are all kind of sandwiched together, starting with Gumbius. $58 and 19 people on his roster, so he has six roster spots to potentially fill. JOS, another Airmont man, $54, 21 roster roster size, four guys to fill. And then we have HHC with 39 and 20 on his roster. The Daddy Count with $34 in cap space um, and 18 on his roster. Yeah, he's got to get some guys. Definitely got to get some guys. Phantoms, some surprising cuts. With Deontay Johnson, he has 34 in cap space, but only two guys to fill with a 23-man roster. And then the last two rounding out, we mentioned him at the top of the show, Mr. Boats. 21 guys on his roster, so he needs to potentially fill four. I don't think he will because he only has $13 in cap space. And then yours truly, to my left, Iron Dome, $3 in cap space, so maybe one, two, potentially three guys to fill out a 21-man roster, so he needs four total spots. Probably won't get there. No. Or actually, it's impossible to get I there. I can't get there. Um, and then two guys who have 20 guys on their roster but zero in cap, DMP, Snake Eyes. They'll yes. be watching. Yes, they played in the championship last year. There's a reason why they're going all in. They think their rosters are championship contenders as is, so we'll see. Um, that will not be the case next year. Uh, and it might not even be the case halfway through the year, depending on how those – you know, seasons shape out. But again, that that's not for this episode on July 14th. That's probably for another time, another day. So to wrap up, we've pretty much got our heavy hitters, Evil Stevie, Shrimp, and Motley. We kind of have our, our mids, if you will, our Margot Robbies. Um, and then we have yeah, our bottom guys. That. Yeah, I know. It's what a joke. Ludicrous. And then we have our bottom guys, which are Boats and Iron Dome. So um, yeah, we'll reference that throughout. I think this thing is blinking red. What the hell? Um but we'll reference that throughout the show. We have 20 guys to get to. Uh, we left about four or five guys off the list on on who might get drafted in the vet draft. There'll probably be a lot of guys who get drafted in the vet draft. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, very, very uh, thorough breakdown from Mr. Pin. Uh, I just want to say I drank a 10-milligram seltzer thing. also has 90 milligrams of caffeine, and I am feeling good right now. Uh, so... They have it at Sparrow Wine and Liquors for all of you who are in the Hoboken area. I highly advise you go pick one up and have yourself some fun. It's good to see these things in the stores now, right? Like that's we we've waited a long time for this. It's been legal oh, yeah. for like a fucking year. I'm finally reaping the benefits of it. So, all right, let's do it. Uh, the first player that we are going to talk about. This is fun because I know everybody's got like a different storyline about these guys. Yeah. Uh, first player we are going to be talking about is. Jerry Judy, is he elite? Is he not elite? There's a lot of conversation. Is he ass? Is he ass? I mean, there's all of these things could, you know, have been or will be true. So he was 
or is 96% owned in the MFL world. Uh, so that's about as high as you can get. I mean, anyone who's over 96, 97% is on one of our rosters. So these are kind of the cream of the crop guys. He was paid $36 last year. Gin, how much is he going for? And to whomst? Hmm. This might be one of the few ones where we have agreement on not only the pl- uh, the team that he's going to, but also the dollar amount. Yeah. I, I don't know if you were cheating a little bit. No, sniffs. I think I had this one in before you even. I think you might have. Um, I bumped him up recently. I thought he was going to go for a high 30s, low 40s. I bumped him up to 45 on the nose going to Mr. Motley Jew who needs receiving help. He does. Um, I don't think that's the biggest weakness on his team. Hint, hint. We'll get there in a bit. Whoa. But I think Motley Jew could spend a lot of money on a receiver. And I think he's going to go after Jerry Judy because he loves him some Sean Payton. Um, you mean Meg Payton? Well. Oh, my goodness. That's a different story. She'll be on the show. Uh, half of Motley did work under Sean Payton in the 2017 season. They came up short in the Minnesota Miracle. Uh, Sean Payton knows how to work in offense. I think Jerry Judy's in for his best year yet. I am probably on the other side of most people where I, I'm a Jerry Judy truther. I believe in Jerry Judy, the route runner, the player. I think he's a special talent. And I don't think $45 is too much. If you have the money to spend, go for it. I think someone like me, 39, he's going to be out of my range. I think he's going to be one of the top, if not the top wide receivers going in this vet draft. And I think Motley gets himself a good guy who he might be able to keep for another one to two years, depending on how the contracts fall for that team. But very, very good ad for Motley. There's been, uh, you've been involved in some of it, but there's been like we went when we went to EPs the other day. I am a I'm like fully out on Jerry Judy. I I don't think he's good. I think like he's he's got this perception around him that he's like a young guy. He might be young age wise, but he's he's on his fifth year in the league. And I I personally don't think that this is his fifth year. Fourth. Didn't they, this? He's not playing. Who's the Amazon gone? guy? Just asked to get uh, buzzed in. Uh, but, um, listen, he, didn't he get his fifth year option picked up? He's not playing on it. They picked it up for next year already. Anyway. Well, well that, that, that's how it works. Yeah. You pick it up before your before fourth year. Before this yeah. year though. Right. Before He'll be year. on, this is his fifth year in the no, league. This is, no, this is fourth year in the league. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. My point is, I think that this price makes sense, but I do think that Jerry Judy, um, Maybe it'll make me eat my words. Is at this point in his career, a guy with a with a name attached to him and a and a college record. So I think forty five dollars when you have a hundred. What do they have? One hundred and seven bucks going into this with only two spots to fill. Yeah, why not take your shot on a guy like this? But I think there's a lot of hype around Jerry Judy, and I don't know if it's going to pay off. Well, I'll tell you this. And I don't want to belabor nice the Jerry. Nice catch, Gino. Nobody saw that, but it was a nice little Thank catch. Thank you. I, I had good hands back in the day. I don't want to belabor the Jerry Judy point. Um, his first year, he's a rookie, so you almost toss away his first year. His second year is when he got hurt that first game against the Giants. Last year, he, he had 972 yards. So he's, what, 28 away from 1,000? And he had six touchdowns. So he's you know a couple away from having double-digit touchdowns. And this is with a very poor offense. This is with Russell Wilson having a terrible year. So you think another another year at Russell Wilson, a, a new infused offense and culture with Sean Payton, 
you got to love the upside, Jerry Judy. I think, in my opinion, um, I, I think he's the number one wide receiver in, in this vet draft. And I think whoever gets him should keep him for at least another year, depending on how expensive he is and, and the relative contracts on their team. But I'm a big Jerry Judy believer, and I think whoever gets him um, is, is getting a, a nice prize. Yeah, and, and we'll be done with this. He was wide receiver 26 in corn last year. So that like that's fine. And it's kind of, do you think that what he did last year was his peak or does he get better? Uh, and I guess if you're Motley, like we said, uh, for $45 um, and, and only two spots to fill, you take a shot on a guy who is a wide receiver, a, a top end wide receiver three to maybe make the leap into the, the upper level of the wide receiver two. So again, it's not a bad move. It's just not my favorite player. Moving on. DeAndre Swift dropped him from my roster. He was $34 last year. Gin, what do you see for DeAndre Swift? Mm, tough one. Been going back and forth with this. Um, I think he's going to go for about $35. Uh, I think he's going to be right around what you cut him for, the 34 range. And I think he's going to Evil Stevie. And I think it's just because of where he's going to get bid and how much money everyone else is going to have. I think Evil Stevie uh, definitely needs some help. And he's thinking of DeAndre Swift is not only a one-year rental, but if he hits gold in Philly, he keep him next year. He already has Kenny Gainwell, so it makes a lot of sense to say if Kenny Gainwell is not the guy, DeAndre Swift might be. Evil Stevie pushes his chips in the table on this Philly backfield. He's kind of a closet Eagles fan. I like this for Evil Stevie, 35, and not too expensive for a guy like Swift. No, uh, and I, I agree with the logic. I have him going to Stevie as well. Uh, we, we are going to disagree a lot in the near future, so don't think we're, we're agreeing on everything. Um, but I have him going for $30. I think that there is a, a pretty, right now at least, at this point in, in the offseason, there's not a great rhetoric around Swift, but... Uh, I don't think much has to happen for him to very quickly be in the position to be getting the most touches or the most valuable touches on that Eagles offense. So, but I do think when we draft, probably next week, his his new cycle is not going to be much better. And for I think Evil Stevie's going to get him for like thirty bucks, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit of a discount from last year, which would be great. I mean, listen. I tried to trade him all off season for a fourth round pick and nobody would even send a fourth round pick for him. So he was going to be 40 with the raise. I, if you wouldn't send a fourth for him, I can't imagine you'd spend anywhere near $40. So, uh, I think he gets him on a little discount and he makes a lot of sense on a, on a Stevie roster. Yeah. And also just looking back at last year's stats, I don't know if this was planned, but Jerry Judy, 26 receiver last year in corn points, DeAndre Swift, running back 26 in terms of corn points. And again, the big thing there is he missed three games. Yeah. He was also not healthy for about another, what, three or four. So there was a chunk of the season. No, when he was playing, he was good. Like when he when I started him and I knew I could start him, no injury, like he was solid week right. to there week. Was, there was a few weeks there where you didn't know if he was going to play or not, and he only got about 20% of the touches or, or the snaps. But I think if healthy, you know what you're getting in DeAndre Swift. Good offense should be an RB two if everything plays out. So uh, a good guy, a good get, I should say, for a guy like Stevie who is rebuilding and looking to the future. Yeah, he actually he was only twenty four points per game, so not that much of a of an increase. Uh, okay, moving on, we are going to be looking at Terry McLaurin, a very interesting player. Um, 
I have Terry McLaurin. He was $39 last year, which probably puts him in the high 40s with cornflation. I have him going for $51. I think it was a situation where the team that dropped him couldn't keep him, so it didn't the factoring in of the raise didn't necessarily matter. Uh, and I have him going to Gumbius. Uh, we talked about what he has to do this offseason, and I think I'm more on your side that even though I don't necessarily agree with the logic, I think he's going to try to make a splash with his funds. Um, and I think Terry McLaurin makes a lot of sense uh, in a wide receiver room that could use a leader uh, and a guy that if he plays to that contract, you keep him next year if you, if you can shed some of those expensive contracts that are on that roster. Yeah, I think if uh, we'll get into it in a bit, but I have Terry McLaurin going to Evil Stevie, and I could see one of these two receivers going to Gumbo, the other receiver going to Stevie. And again, we'll get into it in a bit. Again, similar contract. You have him for 51. I have him for 48. Uh, I think he will be the highest bid-on receiver. I don't think he'll be the most productive. I already said that that's going to be Jerry Judy this year, but very, very hard to deny Terry McLaurin's talent. Uh, it is, however, uh, not easy to fall in love with the situation. Um, Second-year quarterback, only started one game, Sam Howell. Yes, you have the new offensive coordinator in Biennemi, so you like that. I think, in my opinion, Terry McLaurin is just a flat-out talent, and he's almost quarterback-proof. He's almost OC-proof. He's just going to produce for you. Um, 45 to $50, in my opinion, is that range for him. So, again, he'll be at the, the, the top echelon of, of receivers in this vet draft. And I think he's going to infuse some talent into whoever gets him. I just think Stevie's going to outbid him. And, again, something we're not considering from the first four players is when these guys when get, get bid on. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that that is huge. And if a guy like Terry McLaurin goes early, yeah, I, I'd probably give it a gumbo. If he goes six, seven, or eight, um, I'd probably give it to Stevie just based on how much capital he has. So, uh, again, we'll get into it in a bit. Who the other receiver I think is, is um, you know, could flip-flop the situation with Terry McLaurin. But uh, if, if it's Gumbo, if it's Evil Stevie, you're getting probably the top three player in the vet draft. And in my opinion, a uh, standout wide receiver two for the entire year. Yeah, and this one is for Eric Puglisi, owner of DMP. Uh, I think he's going to be better with Sam Howell under center this year, who's on my team. And I just wanted to take a second to talk about my team. Uh, oh, you want to talk you about see, You see what I'm doing here? Oh, yeah. I, I would love to. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But I, I think... Yeah, I mean, Brian Robinson is going to be so much better uh, yeah, with the enemy. I, I, <laughs> you know, the whole... I'm oh, DMP. Oh. <laughs> you guys talk about your roster too much. Fuck up. Uh <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad we did that. Uh, but yes, Evil Stevie makes a lot of sense to pick up a, an impact guy in Terry McLaurin, who's, I think you can pencil him in or pen him in for a top 15 wide receiver uh, this year. I don't, maybe that's crazy, but I think it, it's fair. Uh, next player, 94% owned in the MFL platform. He was $55 last year. We're talking about Aaron Jones. Uh, this is the last one where we agree on the team. I have Aaron Jones going to Motley Jew for $60. Uh, so not quite as much as he would have been with cornflation, but more than he got paid last year. I guess you could. he's, he's playing on a franchise tag there with that contract. Uh, but I think Motley Jew, again, I'll be done with them after this pick. Uh, but I think they blast... Uh, all of their money in this draft, all over the place. Um, And I think that going with 
one high-end wide receiver and one high-end running back is their goal. Um, and, and a guy like Aaron Jones, I think you can say in your head, I'm going to pay him $60. He's probably going to be gone from the Packers next year. I could just cut him. So in their head, they're in a really good spot. And I think this makes a lot of sense for uh, a, a team that could, could use some help. There's some question marks in that running back room, even though maybe long-term career-wise, uh, they look like they have that room in good shape. Yeah, very good assessment. I mean, how many times does a top 10 running back fall into the vet draft? Um, very rarely. And you could make the argument that probably shouldn't have fallen to the vet draft. However, we need to hear nor there. You look at a guy like Motley, $107 to spend, two roster spots to fill. Right now, the current running backs starting are Isaiah Pacheco, who's hurt, and Jameer Gibbs, rookie, never suited up for the NFL. You need running back help more so than you need receiver help because at least he got some deep options there. So I think Motley is going to push all his chips in the table on a running back. And it's probably going to be Aaron Jones because if you've opened Twitter over the past month, everyone's going bananas about Aaron Jones and rightfully so. I think this is his last year in green Bay. I think he has a phenomenal year. I think he catches a ton of passes like he has proven the past two or three years, regardless of who's that quarterback, uh, same offensive coordinator, same head coach. They're going to call the plays around him. So I think Aaron Jones is going to be in for another top 12 RB1 type season. And in my opinion, it's really going to change the dynamic of Motley Jew's roster. Does he go from a guy who's sub 500, who people are going to be smiling and licking their chops when they play? Or with Aaron Jones on the roster, now all of a sudden Motley Jew could beat anyone on a given week. And a guy like Aaron Jones, you know, has that boom bust home run type potential where he could put up 30 points. So I think it's a very, very good move for Molly Joe. Yeah, no, 100%. They've done a good job building a young uh, rookie-based roster over the last years. They've drafted well. They've had a lot of picks. So now it's time to, in the vet, with the money that you save, uh, add some splash guys. And, and that is uh, what I think they're going to do. I will say, one thing I'm, I'm interested in with Aaron Jones um, Aaron Rodgers was really good at being able to like take a couple reads and dump it off. Like that was something that watching him play, like it was clear he was good at. Is Jordan Love going to be good enough or not flustered enough to be able to dump it down? I know some people say like, oh, the dump down is good for the guy who's flustered. But I think if you're making your reads to the wide receiver, you have to have some poise to be able Mm -hmm. to look at the running back and dump it down. So it's going to be interesting to see if he's if he's capable of doing that or if Aaron Jones's uh, receiving volume goes down at all. What is this? I got the pop going crazy. It's Tiger's new song. <laughs> Are you a Tiger guy? There's alarming behavior happening next to me. If you saw, if you saw Gino. Great song. Anyway, uh, yeah. Enough about Aaron Jones. You can't be doing that when I'm when I've had ten milligrams and I'm Bob's going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! All right. Well, the next guy I'm I'm excited to talk about uh, because I know that the owner who ended up cutting him really lost sleep over it. 
Uh, if you were guessing before you even guessed the player, if you were guessing that the Phantoms was the owner, you would be correct. He dropped 94% on Deontay Johnson. And the thing that you'll notice here is his contract was substantially lower than the first five guys that were dropped. So uh, an interesting drop, and uh, we're going to talk about it, but one that I think might come back to haunt Bradley Parrott of the Phantoms. Yeah, I, I, let's just start there. Um, I know we talked about it the past couple of weeks, but uh, outside of Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup, yeah, those are two great receivers, but I didn't think that the cut of Deontay Johnson was warranted. Uh, you can make the argument that Deontay Johnson is the third best receiver on that roster, better than DJ Moore, better than Traylon. He certainly proved a lot more, uh, better than his teammate George Pickens. So I, I thought it was a head scratcher. Uh, However, he is dropped, and he is a free agent, and he is up for anyone's bid, and the Phantoms could certainly get him back because the Phantoms has $34. However, you and I both think that Deontay Johnson will go for more than $34. More than his, yeah, more than his inflation. inflation. Uh, And I think that he is going to go to Gumbo, and I kind of teased it before saying it's either going to be Terry McLaurin or another receiver that's going to Gumbo. I think Gumbo settles for a cheaper but still very efficient and effective Deontay Johnson at $42. So he doesn't spend all his load on a guy like Terry McLaurin. He still gets a really good receiver to pair with Kenny Pickett. And that's the other thing that you have to think about here is that Gumbo needs receiver help, but he also has a young quarterback. So let's kind of maybe keep another receiver for a year or two with your young quarterback, have that connection. I think it makes a lot of sense at that 40 to 45 range. Gumbo gets help. Deontay Johnson immediately slots in as a receiver. In my opinion, could be anywhere from wide receiver 15 to wide receiver 25, uh, depending on how good of a season he has. Yeah, I like Deontay. I, I think his outlook as as a fantasy player is, is great. Um, I think he doesn't work as well in our corn scoring system, given that we're not PPR and he doesn't like scoring touchdowns. But... That being said, he's a great player. Like you said, he's very. I think he's very reliable, and I do actually think that that Steelers offense takes a step forward this year. Uh, I have him going to Stevie. So you and I flip flopped. You had Stevie getting Terry McLaurin at forty eight dollars. I have Stevie getting Deontay Johnson at forty. And I think my thought process is that Stevie's going to come out hot in this vet draft. And he may have to take a break when a guy like Terry goes onto the board. And I can see him getting a guy at a 10-ish dollar discount uh, with Deontay, who he thinks can potentially not be too much different slotting into his team and even more attractive to keep moving forward. So uh, I think you and I have a similar outlook on this guy and how much he goes for. Um, What's going to be... Regardless of who gets him, what's going to be the best part about watching Deontay Johnson this year is seeing how the Phantoms reacts in the group chat. That'd be the best part about it. Uh, I misspoke. I said 15 to 25. I meant 25 to 35. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think Deontay Johnson can be a guy who you know propels that team who needs a wide receiver three. I think Gumbo is in need of a wide receiver three. And like you said, I cannot wait for that week one where Deontay Johnson goes for two touchdowns and Brad is tilted. What was his, what was his average points per game? Uh, 9.5. So he, he finished as wide receiver 34 last year. And I think that, that was, that's probably the lowest, in my opinion, that he could finish. Uh, is like a back-end wide receiver three. 
I think right, you have to, to start three guys. So right. that 10 points a game, I think that probably easily slots into Gumbius's top three wide receivers. Right. However, I'm projecting that he takes a step up. Me and he too. Out, and he outproduces guys like Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers, Gabe Davis, Adam Thielen, and he gets to 24, 25, 26. And now all of a sudden, instead of being a low-end wide receiver three, He's a high-end wide receiver three, back-end wide receiver two. The guy also is allergic to the end zone. So yeah, if he, he scores <laughs> more touchdowns, now all of a sudden it's a no-brainer because the receptions and the yards but are going to be But we've been doing this for years now. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, it, right. I mean, there's going to be guys, and I, I could rattle off a few, that just are not going to score a ton of touchdowns, and then there'll be guys on the other side who just find a way to score eight every single year. So uh, I think DeAndre Johnson, regardless of what team he goes to, Gumbo or Stevie, is going to fill in as a very, very nice wide receiver three. Hell, I would love him as a wide receiver three. But um, Yeah, I was trying to get him. I'm saying, I mean, I don't know why his phantoms cut him, but uh, if the Steelers' offense and Kenny Pickett take a step forward, it's almost a no-brainer that this guy, Deontay Johnson, will take a step forward as well. So I like him, uh, 40 to $45 in my opinion. Big raise for him, but um, yeah, worth it. Another fun player... I think given the fact that he just he gets so much hate, especially among our group of friends, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Hooju, Pooju, whatever you want to call him. Uh, last year, he was $13. Um, I, we actually, we pretty, we're pretty far apart on this one. Um, I have Hooju going for $8. So uh, uh, he's getting a, a lower contract. And I, I have not going to JOS because I think $8 fits their criteria for guys. I think he's a guy who's who's had a, he had a good year in the NFL. Um, and they'll say, the way our roster's constructed, we're going to take guys like this. If they outperform, great. That being said, I, I just, he's on a crowded middle of the pack wide receiver roster and he's got a bad quarterback. Uh, but... JOS does have Mac Jones, and I think that they could go for a little bit of a stack here. Um, no, he doesn't. They don't have Mac Jones? Who has Mac Jones? The daddy con? daddy con. Oh, all right. Anyway, that was a shot in the dark. But uh, <laughs> uh, listen, I think... Fact in, check, EP. In, eight, <laughs> in $8 contract for a wide receiver who has shown that he could do it in the NFL, I think it fits the criteria of JOS, but I don't think that... Uh, I'll let you get to it, but I don't think that he's going to approach that type of contract that you have him getting to. And I think he's going to be the type of guy who actually gets a little bit forgotten uh, in when the vet draft does come along and people start nominating guys. Yeah, I disagree. I think Juju Smith right now is um, is the clear-cut number one in New England. Taekwon. Um, no. Um, I also think if you look at New England in a vacuum and you just isolate – the vet draft, yes, like corn stink. You have to think that they're going to take a step forward offensively because you have to think that a guy like Bill O'Brien probably has a better game plan heading into this year because last year they did not have an offensive coordinator. They legitimately did not have one. Um, they they fired the pencil Matt Patricia, who was a D line defensive guy, and he moved over to offensive coordinator. They they just didn't have a plan. Uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, sorry, not Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. Judge. Whoa. <laughs> Joe Judge was also vying. So hey, Otani-san. <laughs> vying to be offensive coordinator. So I think Bill O'Brien, who's got hired, you know, four or five months ago, six months ago, yeah, he is going to be 
a better off. Uh, we'll f- fill up half of it. Um, he's going to be a better offensive coordinator. He's going to have a better game plan. He's going to come in, and I think Juju Smith is going to be the target hog of this offense. I have him going for $22 to a guy by the name of Evil Stevie. Now, it raises the question, why did Evil Stevie cut him? Because he thought he'd get Evil Stevie on a discount, when in reality, based on my calculations, Evil Stevie is going for $10 more. I feel like your argument just like fell apart right before your eyes saying that. No, I think people are going to bid high on Juju Smith because when they but see him... But you think Stevie's going to swallow his pride and get him for more than he dropped him for? Then if Stevie doesn't get him, someone else is going to get him for 20 bucks. I, I firmly believe okay. that. I would get him for 20 bucks. Um, I think he's a very good get for 20 bucks. He's also young, even though he's been in the league for a while. He's also pretty young. So... I think a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster is worth taking the gamble on. And if he doesn't work out after year one with Bill O'Brien and a new offense and a new team, he's a very clear-cut candidate for next year. All right. Yeah, I mean, listen, we just have to I, – I put well more than half, so you can you can readjust my, from my cup. But I did this for tea because you guys are hanging out and you don't you don't need to have any more beers. All right? You, hear, you heard me, Pin? I'm getting like two glasses of wine at dinner. Get a whole bottle for all I care. Uh, why stop with this song? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> all right, well, yeah, I'm all flustered now. All right, moving on. The man that got the golden ticket last year, he's 93% owned. He was $89. We're talking about Alvin Kamara. He had a, he had a, I don't think there's any other way to put it. He had a tough year last year. Um, I don't think we're going to know what his suspension situation is going into the vet draft, but I do think that he's going to probably get one to, what, one to two games? Do we think he's getting one to two games? I don't know. I think he's going to get suspended, but I, I, I'm not confident in that statement. I don't so. think he's getting a lot of games. But anyway, uh, he was $89 last year. He was purchased as a player who was going to put a team over the top, or at least at the very least, into the playoffs, and it did not work out that way. So I have his salary getting cut into a third, and I think what's actually going to happen is the Daddy Kong is going to say, "Well, we really liked them last year to put our team over the top. We don't have as much money to spend this year. Let's give him another shot." Uh, they don't have that much money to make a huge, huge splash in this draft. Um, and I think if the nominations go the way that they want and Alvin gets on the board when some people's big stacks are depleted, I could see Nadadi Khan getting him back and saying he had a down year. Maybe they figure things out and he's just better and he's a third of the price so that's my thesis on this I see who you have him going to I think it also makes sense I'll let you break it down yeah I think it's going to be the shrimp I think without the uh, looming suspension or threat of a suspension shrimp's firing all cylinders he needs his running back help because currently he doesn't have a running back so he says I'm just going to outbid anyone on Kamara Uh, Kamara is not 2017 2018 2019 Kamara but he's still going to be in my opinion a productive RB2 slash RB3, uh, and Shrimp needs all the help he could get. So I think Shrimp goes all in, spends around $40, $42. That's what I have him going for. 
um, misses out on guys like Aaron Jones, potentially not interested in guys like DeAndre Swift. So I think he goes for Alvin Kamara, also depending on where he gets nominated. Um, I don't hate the Nadaddy Kong, especially considering that Nadaddy Kong has Jamal Williams, so now he could pair him. Um, Kendra Miller, a snake guy, so definitely can't bid on uh, Alvin Kamara. But I, I do think Kamara is going to go for a little bit more than I thought this time maybe a month ago without the uh, suspension. So I think shrimp $40, $42 makes a lot of sense for me on a, on a one-year deal. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't disagree with that breakdown at all. Um, I just, I, I the way that I've allocated my money, uh, it can't go to the shrimp. So moving on, a, a player that you... Uh, died on many hills for he came to love, but he did not make the cut. Um, yep, you got the Tyga song back on. Tyler Boyd, he is ninety percent owned, which honestly surprising to me. Um, I think over the course of the season that number will go down. Uh, he was fifteen dollars in twenty twenty two. I have him going for five dollars. Another guy getting a two thirds pay cut. Uh, I have him going to JOS, and it's the exact same criteria I had for Juju. Um, I think that they have a, a nice little chunk of money that they want to allocate over the over the course of three or four guys who don't have high numbers attached to them. So I think a guy like Tyler Boyd, who during bye weeks, if you have injuries, uh, you know you could probably slot him in for eight points, seven, eight points, and... Those guys are valuable in a dynasty roster. So maybe $5 doesn't get it done, but I don't think he's going for more than 10. And I think it makes a lot of sense to JOS on a team who's got roster spots to fill, got a couple dollars to spend, will allocate it evenly. Yeah, I don't hate the JOS uh, acquisition. I think he's going to be like, oh, let's fuck over HHC and Gino. I don't want Tyler Boyd. But um, I think a guy who makes also a lot of sense is Nadaddy Kong because A, he needs to fill the rosters. B, he has T. Higgins, who's always, you know, battling some nagging ankle injury. Um, but three, more importantly, he, he needs some depth. And I think if Nadaddy Khan could spend anywhere from 7 to $10, I have him going for 7 Uh Tyler Boyd makes a lot of sense. Let's just say T. Higgins misses a few weeks. Let's just say Jamar Chase misses a few weeks. Tyler Boyd as a plug-and-play does make a lot of sense. Uh, Nadaddy Kong and JOS, in my opinion, are really the only two buyers um, or guys who are going to bid on this uh, player. So uh, won't go for more than 10. This is the last year that Tyler Boyd will spend in Cincinnati. So you can make the case that he's going to go out in a bang because it's a contract year. But again, Nadaddy Kong or JOS, I see him going for less than 10 to one of those guys. I don't think he's he's the type of guy who can go out on a bang just given the, the weapons that they have there. Um, but I get the point. Uh, moving on, this is a player who is a free agent in the NFL. Uh, he was $67 last year and he is 89% own another, that's another surprising number in my opinion. Uh, we're talking about Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he is going to get a pretty substantial pay cut. Uh, I have him going for almost double or more than double what you have him going for. Uh, I think he's going for $20, and I think he's going to the Phantoms. It <laughs> uh, <laughs> could be a little hopeful, but I, I think um, the Phantoms likes this type of guy. Uh, he's going to be someone who can score touchdowns. 
Uh, he's going to be the type of guy who gets a lot of sideline uh, TV coverage, regardless of what team he ends up on. Um, and I think he's got the money to spend, and, and that's the room, in my opinion, uh, that that can use the most work. Uh, there are definite question marks in the Phantoms room, and I think he can say confidently maybe when some of these guys are getting healthy or if some of them lose their jobs, uh, I can plug in a Zeke and, and he can kind of plod me along. You have him going to the Broncos. I think he is going to the Patriots. Yeah, I don't think he's going to the Patriots. Um, I think he makes a lot of sense for the Broncos. You look at the depth chart right now, which Javante Williams, who's hurt, might not play for the first four or six weeks, and Samagius, who is the third down guy. So I think short yardage, uh, veteran, plug him in. I think it makes a lot of sense for Sean Payton. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, who loves plods on the Denver Broncos? Evil Stevie. Loves he does loves himself a plod. Loves him some Melvin Gordon. Loves him some Zeke now on the Denver Broncos. So I don't think Zeke is going to get signed by this time next week. That means no, he's no, not going to get not. right. So that means he's not going to get signed by the vet draft. That means his price will go down because there is uncertainty. There's a mystery. But is there? He's going to be on an NFL roster. Uh, but we don't know what, and we don't know what the situation is going to look like. So I think all that considered, he's not going to break. Uh, $10, $12. I think he's going to go for $9, two evil CV, and it's just going to be the highest bidder at that point. And again, he's going to be a guy who gets nominated very, very late because he doesn't have a team. And that benefits guys like Stevie, like Shrimp, like Motley, who have a lot more money. So, Yeah, I guess. I, I just think $9 in this vet with the with two years of, of increased cap, that's not a lot of money. And I think that if you have a lot of money, or you have any money for that matter, and you think your team's in a good, either you have a little bit of money and you think your team's in a good spot, or you have a shitload of money and can just be a little frivolous. I think twenty dollars is is going to be uh, the the number that I'm looking at. But uh, Zeke is going to be interesting, and you're right, he is not going to be signed by the time we draft. So someone's taking a leap of faith, and I think. I think the loss, like the being wrong, is way less of an impact than if you're right about Zeke and he signs in a good spot and and you know gets sixty percent of the touches. So Ass. we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, another running back that uh, I think has a pretty pretty big question mark. I would say, uh, given the way that their roster is set up, Rahemius, one of the one of the many. Uh, heirs to who's like the we are the OG corn man, but who's the OG like Emius or like just anyone with the I O U S last name? We'll have to think about that. But uh, that, Rahemius is is loyalty or royalty, whatever. Uh, he is eighty nine percent owned. He was nine dollars last year. I think that number is. I think he's probably going to be getting paid like maybe a little bit more. Uh, but right in that range still. And I think with his one purchase of this year, Boats takes Rahemius for $10. I think this would be a dream scenario for Boats, who uh, has a, a little bit, I would say, of a thin running back room. Uh, and and could you, he's got Jeff Wilson. So if he can pad that back room, uh, Jeff Wilson and Rahemius are pretty much in 
I would say, direct competition with each other. Do you, would you disagree? I don't disagree with that statement. I disagree with Boats having his one purchase on a running back, considering that that's a room that he's already pretty deep in. So. But but is but but when you break it down, right? I don't think Brees is the first half of the year is going to be, you know, the guy. Squanmius might not even play football this year. Uh, and then yeah, you got Ekman, Nahemius, Kenny McIntosh, and Jeff Wilson. I wouldn't say that's deep. Uh, but I'm just saying, sure. You, you, I'm assuming that means you haven't taken a wide receiver uh, at some point in this draft. But I think Raheem Mostert makes a lot of sense. I don't think he's going to get bid up. And boats to me pads that that running back room in Miami with the guy who's not Devon Aging. Interesting. I, I don't think Boats is going to go after a running back. Um, I do agree with you that Boats is probably going to only make one. He just, uh, hold on. Oh, sorry. I'll let you go. But he just traded for Brandon Ayuk and traded me, A.J. Dillon. So he, he gained in the wide receiver room and, and lost in the running yeah, back. His wide receiver room is still ass. But I don't think he's going to make a splash in the running back room. Uh, I think a guy that makes a lot of sense is, I believe... The guy who took him last year in the vet draft, correct me if I'm wrong. I have is, no idea. Is the shrimp. Um, so I think Raheem Mostert to the shrimp makes a lot of sense. Again, probably not a guy who's going to be bid on in the top five, top ten. So you're thinking a guy who gets nominated late. Now all of a sudden guys like shrimp, guys like Motley, guys like Evil Stevie have a little bit more money to spend. I think shrimp is just going to clean up here. He needs running back help, and I think he gets him for about $11, $12. So $11 to the shrimp for he Mostert makes a ton of sense. Yeah, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, anything you say for, like, the shrimp getting him, I'll be like, sure, he needs to address that room, and he probably has the money to spend. Uh, Gino, I think, I think, if I'm not wrong, we're halfway through and I think it's time that we debut a little jingle. It might be a little segment even, like a little filler segment week to week during the season. You let me know. You need to clear your throat. You need to take a sip of beer. What do you... Is the Phantoms tanking? We do not know. Will he be a contender or will his team blow? He might make the playoffs or sell his entire team. But getting draft picks is a phantom's dream. Ah, the voice of an angel, and he can write music as well. That is... Is the phantom's thanking. <laughs> that, well, that's going to be the segment, and you're going to have to sing that every single time. Maybe add lyrics, maybe we add players in there, depending on how it, Zeke is doing this year. Uh, but I love it. I love it. We're going we're gonna to get more of that, but it was, it was only right that the Phantoms had the first original track written about him uh, in, in this league by Pin Me is the and Great. It, and it begs the question, is he? Is he tanking? Pin Me is the bard. <laughs> uh, is he tanking? We don't know. I think it all depends on the first three weeks of the season. It always does. Of course. Uh, so Rahimius Mostert was our last player before the break. This one is another really fun one, in my opinion. Uh, Unlimited. (laughs) Russell Wilson. Uh, There are reports that he is getting beat out by Jared Stidham. (laughs) Or who's the guy? Who's the backup? I mean, whether even if that's a bullshit report, it's it's an amazing report. Uh, But he is 88% owned. Uh, He was $54 last year. 
Um, I have no idea where he's going. I, I don't even. I, I think by this point, I've allocated too much money, and I and I can't give him to anybody. Uh, I'm just gonna give you what I think is. I don't know if the mic's gonna pick that up, but I but I like what you did there. Uh, I think Russell Wilson. He was fifty four dollars last year. I don't know what that cornflakes to, but I think he's going for seventy dollars this year, and I think it's. All that is is just a product of the quarterback market, the scarcity of the position in the vet draft, and I think the potential of what he could be. I don't love him. I don't want him necessarily, but if you have the money to spend here and it makes sense for your roster, uh, I think $70 is fine for a one-year rental when when you got quarterbacks who are who are tickling the 100 number. Um I do think he is arguably the the pinnacle of when does he get nominated. I would love to see him get nominated first, and, and like just yeah. just does he get underpaid or overpaid? But I, I think he's getting a raise, and I think it's going to be very close to what he was going to cornflate to. Yeah, I, I think outside of a guy we'll get into in about one two spots, uh, Russell Wilson is going to be the second highest guy um, bid on in this vet draft, and I. Quite Frank, it doesn't really matter where he gets nominated, in my opinion. I mean, again, someone's going to nominate in the, in the top five, top ten, but again, I don't think it matters if it's two, if it's seven. So I think he's going to the shrimp. Uh, I think he's going to the shrimp for $65. So he's going to get a raise. I think the shrimp looks at their roster and says, look, we get a guy like Russell Wilson for one year. He's a rental. Uh, we'll just play out the 2023 season with Goff and with Russell Wilson. I think he goes all in. The counter argument to that is Shrimp doesn't want to win games. So having two viable options at starting quarterback doesn't make a lot of sense for him. And I could see that as well. It begs the question is what other team would get him for that price point? And there's not many. So in my opinion, I think the Shrimp is really A, the only guy who needs him, and B, the only guy who could afford him. So when you kind of fit that Venn diagram there of, of you know where Russell Wilson fits, the options are pretty limited, in my opinion. It's going to be the shrimp. Um, and I also think, for what it's worth, Russell Wilson will have a much better season than he did in 2022. Yeah, I I, I, I want to hope that that's true. I just did something fun, and it's it's actually a little eerie how close we were. Uh, Ray is in the dryer. Uh, I spent $540 over the... the Entire vet draft with our predictions. You spent five thirty-seven, so that's pretty damn close. Without really having looked, how much? Without scrolling up, how much do you think is available to spend across all the teams? Six twenty. Seven oh six. So we we saved like a hundred and sixty dollars. Um, do you think it's going to go over or under? Let's call. We're we're at five forty and five thirty seven. Does it go over or under five forty? Over. Everyone's. Do you think everyone's draining yeah, their balls yeah. in this draft? Everyone's trigger happy when it comes to it. Absolutely. So if that's the case, then all of our numbers are probably going to be a little bit lower than what what really happens in Correct. the draft. Uh, okay. Moving on. We should have probably put these two guys together, but it's it's funny to have this free agent. Running back, separate the two quarterbacks. That's a little hint for who's coming next. Uh, this player is 87% owned. He was $4 last year. He is a huge mool. 
Uncle Lenny, Leonard Fournette, free agent running back. I have him going to JOS. And again, I think it really fits into this archetype that they like. Uh, Don't have to pay a lot for him. Has shown in the past that he could do something. I'm not saying that's what their roster makeup is right now, but I think that's how they want to spend. I have him going for $6, so... A little bit of a raise, not quite corn. No, no, a little more, $1 more than what the cornflation would be. And I think that's just a product of the free agent market. Um, but he's not on a team. He's certainly not getting signed within the next week or two. Uh, I actually could see Lenny, and, and it reflects in his price, but I actually could see Lenny not getting signed before week one. So what do you think and where do you think he's going? Yeah, I think Lenny, I mean, dealing with the car crash, dealing with the, is he alive? Um, definitely How much do you think he weighs? Oh, fat. <laughs> um, <laughs> two plus bills for sure. Well, um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, probably more than me. And that's, I'd that's say what, 260. That would be really fat. I say it weighs 240, which is still more than me, but I, I think he's out of shape. Let's just put it that way. Here's the thing. Let's start with where what team I think is going to sign him. I think that's the most important thing. And I think he's going to sign with the Raiders. And why will he sign with the Raiders? Because of the looming holdout potential that Josh Jacobs presents. So I think Josh McDaniels, the Raiders say, look, let's bring in a vet. Some guy who kind of knows the system, doesn't really need that much work to get up to speed. We sign Lenny Fournette for a year or two, whatever, like $3 million. So he gets signed midway through August. He's still probably not going to go for that much a week from now, regardless of if he gets signed before then. I think he's going to go for $7, and I think it's going to be a familiar owner. The shrimp the shrimp loves him, some Uncle Lenny. He still believes in playoff Lenny, even though playoff Lenny has departed and is gone and it will never return but the shrimp still believes in them. So that's three straight guys I have going to the shrimp. I don't think Uncle Lenny goes for more than double digits. I think he goes for about seven, and I think he gets signed with the Raiders. So you, you think Lenny is signing before week one? Yeah, definitely before week one, and and, and I, I think right now with the Raiders. Is it, is it a hot take that I'm saying that I don't think he gets signed before? I, I could see it's Lenny like, being signed like week six to eight by a surprise team who – either has an injury or is just like maybe even later than that and and says like we're ready to gear up and and I want a vet who can get two and a half yards in a, in a playoff game and and that's Uncle Lenny for you uh but anyway if you're spending six seven dollars on him it doesn't fucking matter right uh moving on this is an interesting one this is the crown jewel I would say which is surprising in in that he is only 87% owned. We're talking about Kyler Murray, the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, He was $71 last year. I think he's getting a a substantial raise, not quite as high as his cornflation would be, um, but I think he's going for $82, and I think... Uh, it's funny he's this far down on the list, but I think he's an early nomination, and I think this is one of the guys that Evil Stevie uh, shoots a little bit of his load on very early, $82. I think he needs a quarterback, and I think if Kyler is Kyler and he shows uh, you know, a, a flash of that top five quarterback that he can be, uh, at $82, he, he stays below 100 next year, and, and Stevie can keep him. Yeah, you have agreement. I think he's going to go to Evil Stevie. I think Evil Stevie has his eyes set on Kyler. 
I think Evil Stevie has his eyes set on 2024 and beyond. So a guy like Stevie thinks that he could get Kyler maybe for 70, maybe for 80. Let's just agree with somewhere in that range. I say 72, you say 82, so let's just say 75. Keeps him on the team for another year, and that's going to be the building block that he kind of builds around. Kyler, maybe Tua, maybe whatever rookie comes in next year. Now, all of a sudden, that's looking like a formidable stack. So I think Evil Stevie wants to nominate Kyler early, wants to outbid everyone, and I think he's going to get him. Um, Only other contender, in my opinion, is going to be the Shrimp. I don't think the Shrimp wants to win a lot of games, so it makes sense for him to get a guy like Kyler Murray who might not play week one. However, I do think Evil Stevie will outbid him. Yeah, I think whether whether it's right or wrong, uh, Shrimp probably feels good enough about his quarterback room. So I don't I don't think he's getting him. I don't think he's getting one of these top end guys. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I would be very surprised if Stevie didn't leave with Kyler. Um, it's going to be a, a matter of when he gets nominated, which will indicate how much he goes for. But I, I think Stevie, like you said, he, he plays him or he picks him for this year just to secure him, to be able to have him next year. What's interesting, though, is that we've talked about the they're, they're the unwritten tanking rules. If you you can't, there's no scenario where I think it's okay that you don't start Kyler Murray if he's the starting quarterback in a two QB league. So he is making his team better this year by by picking up Kyler. So I, I think I think it's interesting, and I think he will be a Stevie. Uh, moving on, another guy that was dropped by the Phantoms. Another guy that I don't really get why he dropped him. Uh, Zay Jones, he was telling me all last year that he is the wide receiver one of, uh, Jacksonville. Um, he had his games, don't get me wrong. And for $2, I think you, uh, you definitely could have held on to him. I have him going to HHC actually. Um, oh yeah. I have you spending $6. So, uh, you would be doubling his corn flated contract, but I think, with the amount of money that you have to spend and, and the needs that you have, I think he's, I don't want to call him a Tyler Boyd replacement, but he's the same type of guy who is a couple years younger and I think has probably a more solidified spot on his roster going forward. Uh, and for $6, I think he makes sense, I think, in the range of when he's going to get nominated unless someone's dicking around and, and puts him up early. Uh, I, I think he makes a lot of sense to you for $6. Yeah, I don't want him for $6. I think Boats gets him for even more. I think Boats, looking at young, cheap receivers, uh, makes a lot of sense for a guy like Boats to not spend more than double digits, gets a guy like Zay Jones, high-powered offense. Um, I don't want anything to do with Zay Jones, so I'm good. Uh, I think Boats gets him for $9. Um, but, yeah. Um, third receiver in Jacksonville. So outside of Calvin Ridley, uh, outside of Christian Kirk, I, I just can't wrap my arms around Zay Jones for that price point. So uh, maybe Boats does. Maybe gets a little trigger happy come draft day. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I maybe I'm biased, but I think that that offense is going to be good this year. I, I uh-huh. think they, they take another step forward. And you can say that there's more mouths to feed, but I think the rising tide of that offense is, is 
I think I think Zay Jones is going to be a guy who you can you can plug in on a bye week or if you're dealing with an injury. So uh, for six to to ten dollars, I think I would take him on my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, Jarek McKinnon. He's one of my favorite sort of late round. I guess that's not the right terminology. Uh, lower contract guys. Uh, he's eighty six percent owned, which just goes to show you what people think about him heading into this season. He was seven dollars last year. Who had him last year? Wow. You did. Why you couldn't afford that? I just wanted to cut him. It would have been like eleven dollars. Well, so. we both have him going for more than that in the vet. But whatever. I'm not gonna I'm not I won't sit here and ridicule my co host. Nine dollars. I think for nine dollars I'd like to have him on my team. Yeah. I, I, I probably should have kept him. Well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. But I have him getting picked up by Evil... Oh, sorry. I do not. You have him getting picked up by Evil Stevie. I have him getting picked up by JOS. Uh, I think, actually, that's that's splurging for JOS. At $13, though, I think he's he's a guy that... He's getting talked about, I think, in a way where... He could really skew from his ADP or his price range just based on injury concerns and, and game script type stuff. Like I, I think he's trusted by the Chiefs, and and uh, for thirteen dollars, JOS takes a guy who strengthens their team, adds a little bit of depth, and has the potential to I think uh, overperform. Yeah, I mean, I'll take the other side You're of it. You're not going to agree. You just dropped them. So. No, I, yeah, I'll take the other side of it and say, look, I, I understand where you're coming from, but there are some mouths to feed in that backfield. And if Jarek McKinnon last year was the guy from week 12 to week 16 to go off, um, you know, what's stopping a guy like Clyde? What's stopping a guy like Pacheco from being, you know, the horse down the stretch? So. I think it's very, very unpredictable. They also have uh, another undrafted rookie free agent that they brought in as a running back. So it's one of those things where he's going to go for more than what his value is, in my opinion. And it's marginal, and it's not that material of a difference. But I think a guy like Steve Beat makes a lot of sense because he's been bullish on him all offseason and $12, $13, $14 for Evil Stevie, relative drop in the bucket. I think he goes to Evil Stevie, and to Evil Stevie makes a lot of sense because now he could be actually a, a running back two, running back three, considering how thin that room is. Yeah, I'm a, I, I think when we're talking about the price range here and, and the type of player, you yes, you could have wildly different opinions on what he's going to be, and, and nobody's going to fault you for it. So we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Uh, our next player, I think there were high hopes for him – Last year, uh, you know, he had his games. Uh, he was $14, but you'll see now we've dropped. He's 77% owned. So we've dropped like a full 10 percentage points uh, in, in, um, in ownership. And I think it's kind of a reflection of what people are thinking about this guy heading into the 2023 season. Uh, we're talking about KJ Osborne. Uh, they added Jordan Addison in the offseason, and they already have Justin Jefferson and who's your, who's their tight end? The Hawkman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it, at best, this guy is the fourth option for targets. 
Um, he was $14 last year. I have him going again to JOS. Uh, I think they're going to allocate their money evenly. And in the $10 range, I think this is a guy who I just kind of talk poorly about him, but you can imagine a world where there's an injury or, you know, one like a rookie doesn't get the job done. Uh, and and he steps in and, and gets enough to be a guy that you're not like terrified to start in a bye week or an injury situation. So I think that's how JOS is spending their money in this draft, and and that's consistent with that. Yeah, yeah I'm bullish on KJ. Osborne. You're bullish. Yeah. I, I, are you I like are him. you bearish on Jordan Addison? Mm, no, I think he has some touchdown upside limitations. Um, but no, I think if you you put on the tape for Jordan Addison, you know he's a baller. Um, the Minnesota Vikings attempted like I think the second most pass attempts last year, so there's plenty to go around in that offense. Plenty to go around in that offense, and people that are telling you otherwise are somewhat foolish because of the the, the sheer quantity of of targets that are going to go around. So a guy like KJ Osborne, to your point, all of a sudden you have an injury here. You got a, a rookie that doesn't produce. You got a tight end who can't get open. All of a sudden, in three wide receiver sets, K.J. Osborne makes a ton of sense. Um, I think he's actually going to be more involved in the offense this year than Jordan Addison, maybe not long-term. But for $10, $12, $13, thank you very much. HHC is going to get him, and that is not smoke on the mountain. I love K.J. Osborne. I love what the Vikings are doing. I think that if Jordan Addison is just slow out of the gate or misses any time with this quote-unquote undisclosed injury, it is soaking up targets for K.J. Osborne. Oh, by the way, they're probably going to double-team guys like Justin Jefferson every single week. I like K.J. Osborne to outproduce his ADP. I like him at $10-$12. I guess where there is fire on the mountain, there has to be smoke on the mountain. Smoke (laughs) on the water. You didn't say smoke on the water, guy. Uh, moving on, we only have four guys left. Uh, this for me is, I think. Do we have agreement on this one? Uh, we have agreement on where he goes, but it, we're pretty f- we're far off percentage wise in, in contract. Oh. Um, <laughs> I uh, I love this guy. I, I he was he was someone who I was surprised to see dropped, but you know uh, when you look at the amount of money that this organization has we're talking about snake eyes um this guy just didn't make the cut and we're talking about alec pierce uh he was six dollars so he would have been seven going into this season um i have him getting substantially more money in this draft we have him going to the same team hhc my co-host next to me i have him going for 15 dollars uh he's young he just got a very early round pick rookie quarterback. Um, and I think for $15, if that plays out the way that you hope it does, you can have this guy for his career. Um, he's an athletic freak. He's a big dude. I think he's he's worth a shot. I think $15 to HHC. We You had yourself getting KJ Osborne. I don't think you're going to get both of them personally, but um, I would rather have Alec Pierce and I think you would too but what's your thesis because you have yourself getting him for a a bit cheaper yeah I think he's going to be a guy who gets nominated a little bit later on in drafts Um, but I think he's going to be around that same price point 
as KJ Osborne, anywhere from that seven to fifteen dollar range. Um, I have him going for nine dollars, and I think if you look at my allocation, thirty nine dollars. Yes, sorry, EP, I'm talking about my team. Um, I think he fits in pretty nicely, even if he's at the twelve, thirteen dollar price point that you have him for. Um, Alec Pierce, second-year guy, showed some promise in a relatively poor offense last year. Like you mentioned before, gets a nice upgrade at not only the quarterback position, but also the offensive scheme. So I think striking what he's doing there, what he did with the, the Eagles last year, he's going to help and infuse that offense with some creativity. Alec Pierce, in my opinion, outside of Michael Pittman, is the number two wide receiver. Oh, yeah. I think Josh Downs is going to be a slot guy predominantly. So Alec Pierce, if you get him for 12, you keep him for another three, four, five years, and you just play out the Anthony Richardson experiment. Um, also another guy that you could easily cut this time next year if everything goes to shit. So um, I think it's a high-ceiling, low-risk type of guy. So Alec Pierce to HHC for 9 to $12. I'll sign up for it any day of the week. Yeah, I would too. Uh all right, last three guys. We're getting to the cuck range here. Uh, these guys could have very easily been left off the list, but we wanted to. Uh, what do we have? An even twenty on this again? Yeah, we wanted an even twenty, so they made the list. Uh, the next player, he was a off-season acquisition. Um, a guy that I think you know, I'm just trying to figure out how I want to tee this up. A, a guy that I think like. Given his situation and his quarterback, people had high hopes for every single offseason. This is the year. Uh, this is the opportunity. There's nobody around him, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we're talking about 72% owned Cole Hardman of the New York Jets. He was $6 last year. Uh, he was tied to Patrick Mahomes at that time. Um, I have him going to the shrimp. And my thesis is simply, he is a Jet, and he is going to make sense in his budget. Uh, I have him spending $8, so a, a one more dollar beyond cornflation. I don't have much to say about this guy. I don't know how this Jets offense is going to shake out. I don't want to try to guess either, but no matter what, is there a world, Gino, where Mecole Hardman is the number two wide receiver on the Jets? Is that is there a world where that exists? Only if Alan Lazar gets hurt. Uh, I think Mecole Hardman is a – we know what he is. He's a gadget guy. He's a screen guy. He's an RPL bubble guy. So if Lazard gets hurt, maybe he could do a little bit more, but it's going to be G-Dub, it's going to be Lazard, and then it's going to be Mecole Hardman. So. Who – sorry. Who – did the Packers have a guy like that last year? Like, if, we're, if you're using Aaron Rodgers as the benchmark, does he uh, does he do well with that type of gadget guy? Um, no, but he he fits in well. Uh, they, so that, no to the Packers not having a guy like that, but I think he does fit in well uh, with some of the RPO. Uh, free access reads off the line of scrimmage. I don't want to complicate you on on that stuff, but uh, no power yeah. power. Yeah, power. Um, but I think Miko Hardman, if he still stays healthy, could could be a big play type of guy. Um, I think eight to twelve dollars, like you said, is going to be his range. And yes, whoever gets him will be a Jet fan. So you have Shrimp getting him. I have JOS getting him because I think JOS is going to miss out on a lot of guys. So I think JOS is going to splurge on a guy like Miko Hardman late for eleven dollars. 
he needs some wide receiver help because it's a little thin with injuries. So I think Miko Hardeman to JOS makes a ton of sense. All right. Final two. We're over an hour and like ten minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, we just highlighted fucking twenty guys. Uh so we're doing <laughs> we're doing it. Uh final two here though. Sixty nine percent owned. Um I mean he was two dollars last year. I, I'm honestly surprised that he was even owned last year, if if you're really if we're being honest with ourselves. Um <laughs> We're talking about Devontae Parker, uh, just signed with the New England Patriots. What 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 is there to say? They have Huju, they have Taekwon Mias, they have uh, Ramondre, and they have Mac Jones, who stinks. And I, maybe maybe Devontae Parker is like a big like security blanket for Mac Jones, but I don't know that. I don't know. I I see a lot of like. Five for thirty-seven type games for Devontae Parker, which if you want that, that's great. But I don't think you're going to be able to rely on him for anything. Uh, I actually do have you taking him, HHC. Nope. Uh, for six dollars, nope. you haven't gone for much more though. I would say, you know, I would say if he had any money to spend, he would uh, be on the Patriot Lover Snake Eyes team, but. Uh, he has no money to spend. So uh, I have him going for $6 to HHC. What's your thesis? I want zero to do with Devontae Parker. <laughs> okay. I want to move on with this player as soon as possible. Yeah, let's finish it off then. He will go to a team that needs wide receiver help, and he will go to a team that has the budget, and that is the shrimp. And I am predicting double digits for Devontae Parker just because some asshole is going to get in a bidding war with shrimp. It's going to be that guy late in the... Why do you think shrimp, though? I just think... He's the consummate Jets fan. But the shrimp needs receiver help, so it's going to get into a bidding war between shrimp and, you know, fill in your owner, and it's going to be a back and forth. He's going to start at $3, and we're going to be like, I could, okay, I could see Stevie. I could see Stevie bidding or, him up. Or Stevie. I could see Stevie bidding him up, but being like a foe's bid up. So it could bid him up to 6, 7, 8, 9, and then all of a sudden he backs out at 10, and then the shrimp gets him for 11. <laughs> okay. I mean, sure. You're, you're, you're projecting deep into this vet, a guy who, who may not even get purchased, to be honest with you, but... Uh, Ass. Our last player, uh, oh, yeah. it's a good, it's a good one, and we're in agreement on where he's going, which is even better. Uh, Allen Robinson, uh, the newly acquired Pittsburgh wide receiver, uh, he's sixty nine percent owned. He was four dollars last year. We think he's getting a big raise, Jim. We think he's getting a big, big, big raise, and you know what? He's filling. Uh, the spot of a fellow Pittsburgh wide receiver on one of our corn rosters. He's going as a Phantoms. Uh, I think he's going for a little bit more than you have him going for. $17. We know the Phantoms loves his Pittsburgh wide receivers, and he just wants to shuffle it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the Phantoms was on record in, uh, I forget when, but saying I was dangerously close to getting Allen Robinson and that would have meant he has all three Pittsburgh uh-huh. receivers. He loves them. So he loves them. Um, but now that he dropped one of his Pittsburgh receivers, he needs, he doesn't want, he needs to fill the void of the second. And yes, you better believe that the Phantoms will spend more than double digits on Allen Robinson, despite what he's saying. So I think he's going for 13. 
Wouldn't be surprised if he gets bid up to 15. He is as a Phantoms, whether you like it or not. Everyone else does not have to bid on him. The Phantoms will outbid himself, and he will go for $15. Yeah, I could see I could see it being like a the Phantoms Insta-10 bid. Like, he doesn't even yeah. put him up for one, just Insta-10, because he knows... You know what they said? What does Lizzo say? You got to know your worth. Yeah. Uh, he knows. He knows Allen Robinson's worth. So if I mean, if if I'm right, if I'm Nostradamus, the Phantoms is leaving here with Allen Robinson and Zeke. <laughs> Which I mean, come on, because he picks guys like they're gonna need medical services this year. Both right. of them, they're gonna need a doctor's second opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it would be it would save them some money on insurance if Bradley was their owner. So I think we're we're all over it. We've nailed it. Uh, what an episode! What are we at? We're at a, a minute and sixteen almost right yeah. now. So that that's I think that's a record. Give me a stipendius. Give me a stipendius. And I, have you figured out that that riddle? How many how games? many pinmeuses do you wish, or how uh, many pin me I? Yeah, I think I got the answer. If you just stay for one second, I got the answer. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> how is this the answer? I got the pop going crazy. Uh. Yep, I got the answer. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm so I'm so rattled. Uh, go in the group chat, talk about the draft date. We'll figure it out. God bless. Go get that corn.